Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Viva la raza! I got that passion that's lasting long. Los mujeres fall in love with that Latin charm. One woman isn't enough, amigo. Siempre volviendo más mujeres porque soy latino. And I'm tough and tough, ball in your bluff, cuz. I lie, I cheat, I steal. I lie, I cheat, I steal. Wild card, bitches! Yeah! Hello. Well, and welcome. This is your Twitterless heroine herself, ring announcer to the stars, the most professional podcaster, and most importantly, the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales, your host of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Welcome to another edition. I am thrilled to be here with all of you. And here, I'm here, you're there. It's all metaphysical. However, we're here together in this space at this moment. So it's it's real special. Are you really fucking with me right now? Are you fucking with me? <laughs> kind of. A little bit, a little bit. But I, I get philosophical here and there. Uh, but yes, another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show, which is a proud member of uh, the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Yes, thechairshot.com, your place for wrestling news, analysis, and opinions, but also beyond wrestling, sports and entertainment, and sports entertainment. So boom, boom, boom. We got you covered at thechairshot.com. And also the Chairshot Radio Network, a plethora of podcasts that you can choose from. This one, the hashtag Miranda Show being one of them, but also some additional great podcasts uh, like the Babyface Teal podcast, uh, the Hardy Wrestling podcast, with Stephanie Hardy, uh, Bandwagon Nerds, uh, Winner Is You, uh, The Three Man Weave, so many amazing podcasts on the network. So make sure you check out thechairshot.com and also the Chairshot Radio Network. I am the host, of course. I've said that about a few times. However, I do have a co-host, a partner in crime, a best friend, you know, Whoever you want to, however you want to call it, I like to call him the kingpin of the chairshot.com, and that's Greg DeMarco. This is such good shit. You know, I, I, I surprised you with the Eddie Guerrero theme, and two things happened. Number one, uh, since we're not doing the YouTube thing, I was like, great, I can use whatever music I want to use. So I'm going to use Eddie Guerrero theme. Number two, that, that's the first time I ever played like a song song with us using Zoom, and Zoom like popped up. Are you using professional audio? Click professional audio in your audio settings. I was just like, Zoom, stop like like stop creeping on me like this Zoom me, like right? yeah. like if I click this link where it says set up professional audio, will it stop the Zoom meeting? Like like I don't know. And so Zoom's got me all worried it's now. Crazy, and and, crazy, and crazy you world. know, and my luck, I would do that, and Zoom would be like, "Fuck you, your meeting's over." And and then you know, we'd, I'd have to edit, and uh, who knows? I don't want to do that. That's why we're not on video this week. So yeah, that's just my fun little fun fun little aside. Fun, fun little producer rant but i do have since you did say the kingpin 
Funny aside, number two, that song came on at CrossFit today and, and certain songs hit at CrossFit. And at some point you're like, they know there's kids here, right? Like that's just, that's just sometimes certain things like there's a whole kid section over there. There's kids classes going on and they're playing a song with the exact words are, Ooh, baby, you want me? You can have this lap dance here for free. And heaven forbid, don't show those kids the video for the song, please. If you, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Look up Nerd Lap Dance Uncensored and just you usually have to pay to see that kind of stuff. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And that's a video. Uh, I was, I was going to segues you, you know, talking about segues to segues. I have a, a dog right here. <gasps> She's, yeah. Hey, Sadie, how's it going? We don't have video this week, so people so aren't going to see you. No. And, and Sadie, Maybe so Sadie, your, your mom, Sadie, picked, um, hang on, let me, let me go back to it. So your mom picked, um, Edge to win the men's Royal Rumble and Bianca Belair to win the women's Edge. Royal Rumble match. So what do you think? Bianca Belair. Um, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think, Sadie? Raise a, raise a paw Rumble if you picks. agree. Raise a paw if you agree. Do nothing if you disagree. All right, she disagrees with your with your No, she, she, Oh, whoa, come on. Whoa, no, that whoa, was she, that was yeah, some, some that was manipulation. Not, that was not assisted. I don't I was don't know unassisted. No video this week. Nobody <laughs> will know. Nobody Shocker. knows. She's going back. Yeah, she's not. She she doesn't get up for anything less than a video. So she's <laughs> actually done. For yes, as we mentioned, we're not doing a video this week nope. because we're not, and that's okay. Because you know, uh, I didn't feel like uh, change, changing my clothes. Um, that means I can do whatever I want. But, you know, this show and others from the ChairShot Radio Network are available on the ChairShot's YouTube page. You can also visit the ChairShot's YouTube page for previous videos of the hashtag Miranda show. So if you're missing these pretty mugs, you can go on the YouTube page to check us out. Also, though, if you want to see our mugs in real time and, and maybe more updated, you can follow us on social media. Me, Miranda Morales, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda. Greg, you can follow him at Chairshot Greg on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The same goes for the Chairshot at Chairshot Media um, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So that way you can stay up to date on everything that's going on with us. You can see our lovely faces uh, when we post pictures. And also you can get information on new episodes of the Hashtag Miranda Show and the Babyface Heal podcast. And just for the now, record, for since we don't have video this week, for those of you, what you're missing out is one hell of a hair day for me. I'm just putting it out there right now. Like you're missing out on, I mean, it almost always is. Let's oh. be honest. I have amazing hair. But like you're you're missing out on on just a top ten hair day for you're for, missing for out on my reaction to Greg's statement of his excellent. I mean it's it's good. It looks um, the same as it has, so like it's consistent, um, which is great. Consistent hair is is very um, important. Yeah. Anyways, Dave, it's me, Dave. 
consistent hair. That's that's a term uh, it is now. for for this year. Uh, man, I don't know how, how else to to segue into this. I mean, speaking of consistency, one of the most consistently entertaining independent promotions in the state of Arizona. Impact Zone Wrestling, IZW, presents Monster 2021 on February 27th in Tempe, Arizona, at the Sun Studios of Arizona. Tickets are almost sold out. So if you are in the Arizona area, if you're maybe in a nearby state, and you've always wanted to go to an IZW show, this is your chance. We have 18 tickets left. And by the time you hear this show, it will be probably, what, January 28th, 29th? You know, somewhere in that ballpark. So a little less than a month away. It's very, very likely that the last 18 tickets will be sold out before February 27th. I mean, literally, it could just be a few tickets every week between now and then, and the show will be sold out. So I highly recommend if you are in Arizona or willing to travel to Arizona, that uh, and I know that's a lot to ask uh, as, you know, a place that has a spike in COVID cases. So if you don't feel comfortable coming to a show, I have another route for you in just a second. But if you are interested, um, now is the time to buy your ticket. Uh, IZWWrestling.com. You can find ticket information. You can also follow IZW on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Match announcements and appearances, uh, appearance announcements have been made. Of course, the headliner of Monster is the Monster Rumble. 13 competitors will compete, and the winner, the last man standing, will become the new IZW World Heavyweight Champion. So it's going to be a historic night in IZW, the first time in 10 years that we crown a new champion and how do you do it in a rumble it's rumble season baby so you know we gotta kind of jump on that bag in a little bit uh but uh again consistently entertaining uh amazing time for fans it's a great setting where you get you know uh up close uh to uh the matches and and to the wrestlers but social distancing measures are in place masks are going to to be required so just also keep that in mind uh but 18 tickets left 18 tickets left um and this is general admission all of the vip and the couch seats have been sold out so uh again that's something that we have talked about on the show sell out very quickly um, ticket information for the next show will be made available uh, after Monster, so stay tuned for that. But that's also a good time for you if you really want a couch seat for a future show. You got to get on it right away. Uh, but in the meantime, we still have general admission uh, seats available for Monster 2021. Make sure you buy them right away. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't, you know enough it's so good to be able to do this show and and yet we can be close and personal but still socially distant it will sell out we will have the date uh, it'll be in may uh, i don't have the exact date yet but for the next event those tickets will be on sale there but yeah we're gonna crown brand new izw world heavyweight champion and apparently that person's gonna be offered the managerial services of Derek montilla who i didn't even know was booked for the show and that's concerning since i'm the promoter but hey who yeah. knows you know it, it's uh you never know what might happen, especially at a rumble themed event. So it's a lot of fun. Come, come check it out. I, I feel like I, I can be less sales pitchy now, like just the way we sell out shows after shows after shows. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. I, I can't thank people enough for wanting to be a part of it and, and come out and do it and spend their money on our tickets and enjoy our product. So 
come to, if you haven't been before and, and, you know, I see all the ticket sales, so I see names that I recognize and names that I don't. And so I get excited, but, um, yeah, come check it out, but act fast. Now, yeah, act, act fast. Um, and tell a friend, um, especially if you know anyone who is a wrestling fan that lives in Arizona or near Arizona. Um, we've had fans from New Mexico come, um, fans from California come before. So, um, you know, that is something that if people feel comfortable doing, you know, com- it's a, it's a great opportunity. It's- However, we understand, you know, people want to, to stay home and, and people don't feel like traveling. So if that is the case, we got another offer for you. If you'd like to support IZW impact zone wrestling, you can go to pro forward slash the chair shot. And there, not only can you find a wealth of chair shot t-shirts, you can also find some great Impact Zone wrestling t-shirts with a new one uh, just put up not too long ago. Uh, Really cool old school design. Uh, Of course, you have... um, multiple IZW logo designs uh, that you can choose from and also various styles, including soft style that you can get uh, for your IZW t-shirt. So if you aren't able to come to the show, but still want to support impact zone wrestling, make sure you go to pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot. And while you're there, go ahead and pick up a chair shot shirt as well. There's over 25 different designs that you can choose from a multiple always use your head logos, all of them very, very, cool uh of course the og chair shot logo which is absolutely one of my favorites uh the unofficial official shirt of patrick o'dowd hashtag save tag team wrestling t-shirts of course all pretty much the official shirt of greg demarco everybody hates greg and my shirt the queen of soft style t-shirt uh, that is available in soft style you can pick that up at pro forward slash the chair shot and it supports the chairshot.com, the podcast on the chairshot radio network. And of course, that's the same place as you can get your IZW t shirts. So, two and one just for you. Make sure you check it out at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chairshot. Now, before I play the commercial, which I'm supposed to play right here, I want to go back to something that, that Miranda said because it's very poignant about IZW. She talked about telling a friend if you have a friend who is like, remembers wrestling the way it was and is one of those that says, Oh, I wish it was like this, whatever they'll like it. And, and it really is kind of has that old school, but if they like today's product, guess what? They're going to like this too. Like it really, I never thought about it this way, but with that, that's something for everybody mentality, like is I see it there. And, and, and I'm not just saying that cause I'm the guy who puts it on. Like I do see it there. So if, if you have a friend who used to be a fan and, and they're open to it, I would say bring them because I think they might really like what we do and, and, and maybe find something they can enjoy. We only do it four times a year, so they don't have to commit to watching weekly or even going monthly. And, and it's definitely something that I think people can enjoy. So I know I'm supposed to play a commercial, but, I, but what, what you said something really good there. I wanted to piggyback on that. And yeah. Well, of course I said something pretty good. Hello. Have you met me? Wait, now I gotta scroll. <sighs> oh, God. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane! Everybody strap in! 
about to open the fucking window. Money plane. So we have two topics for tonight's show, and both of these are, are pretty uh, personal to me. One in a roundabout way, one in a pretty literal way. Um, and so the first topic, let me go into a little bit of story time before we get there, because this will explain why this topic is what we're going to cover tonight. And um, Greg is legit falling asleep. That was for your benefit, not theirs. So. Now I know, I know, because now you got me off topic. I'm going to come through the screen. I'm going to punch you. Please, I would welcome it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure sure you would. So look, uh, and that's how this show goes uh, a lot. I try and pull from my own uh, kind of uh, personal thought processes and experiences and tie it into wrestling, because I think that's what a lot of us do as wrestling fans. We always kind of have a context and a point of reference for wrestling um, in our everyday lives. And so uh, I've had kind of this important milestone happen in my life, and I honestly somehow tied it to wrestling. So recently, I've made the decision to leave my current job and move on to a new opportunity. It's very common uh, for many of us to, you know, get to a new job, um, find find a new opportunity for whatever reason. And the unique thing about this is that for me, uh, this new opportunity is with an employer I've already worked for, an organization that I worked for previously. Now, this new job is in a different department and it's in a different role. So I'm not going back to do the same thing I used to do. But, I'm, you know, there's almost a sense of going back home, going back to this organization that I've been at before. And, um, you know, Last week, too, Greg and I talked on the wonders of uh, Billy Kay and resumes. That was because resumes were fresh on my mind. I I had been uh, working on my resume for quite a bit. Also, Greg had been working on on his resume uh, as well. So that was fresh in both of our minds. However, my search has ended. I, I found a landing place, but it is back to somewhere I've been before. And for some people, that's kind of rare to go back to a place where you've worked at before. And I was literally driving uh, last week and it hit me that, you know, in wrestling, sometimes that's fairly common for wrestlers to leave a company and to come back to it for whatever reason. And so I wanted to focus on that today. For those who are very interested and wanting to know our thoughts on the Royal Rumble that is coming up, go ahead and check out uh, the Babyface Heel podcast because we do talk about the Royal Rumble Um uh, uh, and our predictions and all that. So we uh, won't be talking about that on this week's episode, but I think this is important because it does involve, this conversation is going to involve people act, active on the WWE roster. And I put my focus on a kind of a finite group of people um, just for the sake of time, because when we think about the history of wrestling, you know, it is very cyclical. People leave and come back to companies all the time. Um, it happened a lot in the territories. It was very customary um, as, as people grew out and, and would come back to the territories. And in some ways that was part of the excitement is, you know, having someone leave for a little while and then come back to a promotion. Fans were excited when, you know, you kind of that idea, idea of I can't miss you if you don't leave. Um, But also in life, you know, sometimes timing doesn't work out for you. And your time with a company or an organization, or in this case, a promotion, isn't where it's supposed to be at that moment. But you know, life comes around, things happen, and you find yourself back there at the right time 
at and it, and it becomes the right place. And especially with WWE, that we've seen that more times than we can count. I mean, in a historical sense, all the way from the days of Bruno San Martino, even, you know, to, to Hulk Hogan, if you want to take that big loop around from, you know, when he left to WCW, ultimately coming back around uh, many, many years later. Um, but we, we just seen it so many times. And I think with WWE too, it is almost the strike against someone when they are let go by WWE future endeavor has become its own term. Um, and, in some ways, a little bit mocked, but also a little sad. But at the same time, especially WWE is the land of never say never. You can never predict what's going to happen next when it comes to uh, who's going to be there, who isn't. I mean, for God's sakes, we saw uh, the likes of Bret Hart, who would swear, you know, he would never come back and never have a working relationship with WWE after many years, come back and even have a, a match with Vince McMahon. That's something in that moment with the Montreal Screwjob, you never thought would happen. So uh, this week, I do want to talk about some wrestlers and really keeping the focus now, active roster, people who we've seen pretty recently, um, and really talk about their journeys in and, in and out of the WWE. Now, you can begin this conversation or end this conversation in with this person, really. Uh, but I want to start this conversation with this person. And, and you can already know who I'm talking about. And that's current WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. Um, he's had such a journey in his career from when he first started with the WWE to now. I think it's still kind of a shock when you think about it how his career has led him to be in this number two spot, the face of Monday Night Raw, the man who beat Brock Lesnar for for the championship. I mean, it's a huge feat. And um, I don't think it would have been possible if he hadn't had left. Um, He was part of this new breed coming in, uh, of course, declared the chosen one. But things didn't really work out. I mean, the last thing that we saw him before his first leaving was part of 3MB. And of course, we'll get to that as well, because can't have Greg on a show and not talk about you know, the other part of 3MB. But in 2014, Drew was released. And after that, he had his circuit on the independent scene, wrestled, of course, in Europe, had a stint in Impact until he came back to WWE in the form of NXT. Um, and had a stint there as NXT champion before getting called up and spending time on Raw to the point where, you know, last year's Royal Rumble winner and now your current WWE champion. It's it's crazy to see that. I mean, when you when thinking of, of his release in 2014, Greg, would you have thought in 2021 we would see the Drew McIntyre we see now? Not in 2014. Um no, I won't even go further. Not in 2014. I would not have seen and, and could even have imagined that we would see Drew McIntyre where he is today. Yeah, and I think it's fascinating. And it's a good example, too, of the growth that someone needs to have outside of the WWE in order for them to get that second look. Um, because at that time, he admitted, you know, he still had a lot of growth to do per- professionally and personally. He was still very young. And the ability to go out into the independent scene and work with other companies and in other roles allowed him to not only hone in on his wrestling skill, but more of who Drew McIntyre is as a as a wrestler. 
And I think that was important to kind of grow some of that identity, having matches with people that he wouldn't have had in WWE and really changing his, you know, presence physically. But I think his mindset, I think that's one thing he specifically noted that was important for him to change his mindset in the WWE because it's a mindset to be in that company for what you need, especially going to the top. And and that's something he says he, he knew that he really wanted that, that top level position, that main event position, you have to have a different mindset. And it seemed like him coming back in um, that changed a lot. I also have to admit, I think with the creation of NXT for him to have that landing pad first coming in was a huge help. Um, because it was almost like a soft landing or, or a soft reintroduction of Drew McIntyre. But it allowed WWE, it seems like, to test the waters a bit with him to see what he can do. Because he wasn't in NXT for very long. And, and to be honest, he really didn't need to be. Because it seemed like as he started and got rolling in NXT, it was pretty apparent uh, fairly quickly that he was ready to be back on, on uh, quote unquote, the main roster. Yes and no. Um, it became apparent that he didn't need to be on NXT, but I think we needed that to become apparent. And that couldn't have happened mm-hmm. if he didn't go to NXT. Yeah. Like when he was, yeah. and think about his NXT run, right? It was actually kind of dumb. He doesn't appear, he, he makes an appearance at the takeover in the crowd, doesn't appear on the next takeover, beats Killian Dane, who at the time was not someone who should beat a number one contender match, to become number one contender, and then goes on and wins the NXT championship and is basically the springboard for the debut of Adam Cole in the company. And 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 then, you know, loses it not too long later and 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 of course ends up going to the main roster. But I think we needed to see him in NXT and to see, oh, okay he doesn't really belong in NXT. Like I think if he'd gone straight to the main roster, it would have been like, it's just Drew McIntyre again, but seeing him in NXT, it's like, Oh, okay. That's not the same guy. And then we were ready. So I think that that little buffer worked for him. It was almost like you would have thought he didn't need it, but it's like, we didn't know what we needed until we, after we really got it. Yeah. And that's a, that's the thing that WWE, when they do it, they do it pretty well. When when the execution doesn't go well, that's when I think as fans were so easy to jump in about it. But that was one where, you know, it needed to become apparent. And I think that that the timing go back to the timing, you know, when Drew left NXT was not in the form that that it was. I think it was still part, you know, I'm trying to remember the ex- exact timeline as far as where NXT was, if it was still the 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 game show format or if it was even before that when but he left i don't know i think nxt had i think that nxt might have died already and it might have yeah been so like, like it hadn't even gotten to nxt territory. as as we know it yeah so yeah i mean it's the i think going back to to sometimes timing it plays a big factor in, in wrestlers kind of reemergence in the WWE, um, you're absolutely right. I think that if he had just came back to, say, an episode of Raw or SmackDown, it, it probably wouldn't have had the same effect as having that reintroduction in NXT because of the fact, too, NXT, even at that point, was being viewed as the wrestling show. And so he got to reestablish him, him as a wrestler, but also gaining a little bit of sympathy of his journey and progress back to, to the WWE and almost unknowing that he's starting at this, 
at that time too, NXT was really viewed as the lower level, as the minor league. So he was willing to come back in after someone who's already been on Raw um, in, in the main roster to start anew. Um, and I think sometimes that that refresh, that renewal, that reintroduction is so important. And I think it, it worked out really, really well. Now, we can't talk about Drew McIntyre without talking about his 3MB stablemate, Jinder Mahal. Because as much as this transformation we've had with Drew McIntyre, I don't think that there's any other transformation that has has gone so well but also so unexpected as Jinder Mahal um he he left uh the WWE was released in 2014 and returned in 2016 so not a a long period uh away but that seemed to do wonders um being able to uh again change his persona change his his physical appearance and change his mindset And, and gender also has admitted that that mindset for him was really important knowing that he wanted to get back that he really had to change his mindset in order to change his physical appearance. And that was one of the biggest things that I think fans noticed when he came back is the dude is jacked, but that also led to fans taking him more seriously and him becoming, you know, WWE champion. I mean, that is one of the most unexpected runs, uh, honestly within history, to be honest, like I don't think fans ever looked at gender Mahal to have a championship reign and to his credit it was one that did its job you know he sold it as a a great heel champion Um, even though he wasn't champion for some time he ended up being able to tell great stories and he was very believable as a heel champion Um, but honestly that would have not I I don't see that happening that whole story not happening if if he hadn't left when he did and came back when he did Take the fish. I mean, you won't find a bigger Jinder Mahal fan than than one Greg DeMarco. And I, I, I'll be honest with you. Like when he came back, this is this will this will be surprising to people here. When he came back, I wasn't all in. Like, I was just like, ah, oh, Jinder Mahal. Who shocked. Cares? No, I'm not that shocked, actually. Right? I wasn't all in. The Where I fell in love with Jinder Mahal as a performer was the WrestleMania 33 Battle Royal, where he went all out to make Rob Gronkowski look like a million bucks. And then I appeared on the DWI Wrestling Podcast before Chair Shot Radio Network was a thing and said, they're going to push Jinder. Now, I didn't think he was going to become world champion. I thought maybe he'd get to the mid card, you know, level heel when when the U.S. title or Intercontinental. Um, and at the time, that would have been amazing for Jinder Mahal. But then he wins a random six way match to challenge Randy Orton for the championship. And at that point, I was all in. And and when we did our picks and predictions, this is pre Miranda Morales on the Greg Demarco show or whatever the hell we called it that week. Yeah, I, I called it. My who should win was Randy Orton. My who will win was Jinder Mahal. And of course, no one in the world picked gender except Nobody. me. Um, it's kind of like when Austin Aries challenged Bobby Roode years ago for the Impact Wrestling World Championship when he was X Division Champion. And and I did the previews at 411 Mania and there were like 10 writers. And I was the only person that picked Austin Aries. And I checked other websites and no one picked Austin Aries. And of course, Austin Aries won. And 
And it was just with, with gender, like I picked him, he won. And at that point I was forever linked to gender Mahal, but it also, and so I went all in on social media and Twitter. And look, if you're on Twitter, just, just search Greg DeMarco, gender Mahal. I'm telling you, you'll love the things that you find. It's fun. And check the replies and, 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 and the reactions to it. But it's, it's because of everything you said is the changes that he made the, 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 and especially with what I've gone in through and, and, and you've gone through in the last year, like. It just resonates so much. And there's a podcast called Start Today, hosted by Chris Cavallini. And he did one with Jinder Mahal. And it's just such a great listen. Like when you listen to that and you realize what he went through from lack of motivation to, to motivation to discipline and, and how he literally bought the several hundred dollar cooler so he could take food with him on the road so he could eat better instead of buying stuff at QT. And, and just everything that he talks about and what it took to get where he was. And how he would ask Vince McMahon for promo time at house shows just so he could become a better promo artist and, and, and talk to the producers. And they would let him cut promos at house shows. And it led to him not just becoming a world champion, but having a posse with, with you know, the Sing Bros and, and yeah, just doing everything that was needed. And, and regardless if he never wins a world title again, and he may not, he's forever entrenched in that. Probably and, and won't. Made, yeah. You shut your mouth. He might. Okay. Let's just, let's just, let's just right now. I mean, come on now. Jinder Mahal. Fucking nerd. He just might. Okay. And, and, and yes, yes. I'm. Oh, hey, Mark. That's fine. I'll I'll do that to myself. I'm totally fine with it. But no, Jinder is a success story among success stories. And, um, you know, maybe Heath Slater can, can complete the the three man band. I feel like the trifecta is happening. I also feel like that's also a sign of the apocalypse. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. When all three members of three MB win a world championship, that's a sign of the end of in WWE. Don't give me this. If he wins the world title in impact bull crap. Because oh, yeah, no, 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 you we know, got a guy who could right. sniff no, 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 dark no, no. holding that you're belt right. right now. So. It, it has to be in WWE. It has yes. to be. It has to be in WWE. Um, but that also is a sign that it's it's the end times. Like when that, you know, like in, in action movies, when the planets align or all these things happen. You know, I just watched Justice League. Uh, you know, the mother boxes. Uh, you know, Thanos with, with uh, the stones, like whatever that, that equivalent is, I feel like that it is it. So if Heath Slater wins the WWE Universal or, you know, world cha- or, or heavyweight championship, the, the, there's, you know, something cataclysmic is going to happen. Um, I would love to see it. I, it's not that I, I don't support this. I, I really actually do enjoy Heath Slater. And I think it would be very poetic. However, the fact that it happened not only once with with gender, it happened with Drew. And if it ever happens with Heath, it's like, man, so yeah, there's there's something. But, but uh, can you? Very, I, I can't see it happening with Heath, but I couldn't have seen it happening with gender. I probably yeah. could have seen it happening with Drew, especially the transformation he went to outside of WWE. But I, I guess you can never say never when you look at what happened with gender. You just can't count Heath out. Now, you bring up a good point, and this actually will segue into to somebody else I wanted to talk about, is what do you do outside of WWE? What's next? And Drew didn't have a, a big stint in, in Impact, but someone else did, and that's Mickey James. Uh, Mickey James left WWE. She was released uh, 
Okay, my notes. Uh, back in 2010, and that was also a sign when they were doing this this new direction with the Divas division. Um, and she ended up going to TNA uh, to Impact Wrestling uh, for quite some time and was a big player in the knockouts division. Really did a lot to help build that division. Um, had uh, a lot of matches, too, that allowed her to kind of showcase her wrestling ability. Um, the knockouts division, even in that chaotic time of TNA um, did things that were pretty innovative with cage matches and tables matches um, and, and gimmick matches. And, you know, it still was kind of a convoluted situation over there, but she was a pillar of the knockouts division um, and she kept wrestling and she kept, you know, going and eventually she, she did leave TNA and then came back to the WWE in 2016 a la NXT, she was announced as a competitor uh, for Mickey. I'm sorry, Mickey, uh, for Asuka at uh, NXT Takeover Toronto, and that for fans was huge because one, we hadn't seen you know Mickey James in six years, but at the same time too, Asuka had already gone through all the competitors in the NXT women's division. So having to bring in a legend, really a, a legend at that time, and even now. Uh, of Mickey James. I mean, that was really the beginning of, of her career resurgence with the WWE. Not long after that match, she came back full time to WWE. Now her reign and, and, and her time with WWE since coming back, it did feel like that match with Asuka was her peak. She really, I mean, that, that was the peak. There hasn't been a whole lot since coming back that feels so memorable um that feels like it it warrants uh, a lot of the same feelings and uh thoughts as you know to her original reign um back in the 2000s and so i'm curious about your thoughts of someone you know like mickey james specifically who left spent some time in another company building that division and then came back and also, if you have kind of the same thoughts as I do regarding, you know, her time now, which I mean, to this point, even when, she, you know, they had did the Legends Night, she was part of that. And she's technically listed as part of, the, you know, the roster, but also as a legend. And she just has not been used in quite some time. Um, so I'm curious as to your thoughts on, on Mickey James. It's, it's so weird how, like, literally, these are all my favorites that we're talking about. Like, apparently my favorites leave and come back um, in, <laughs> in, in WWE. But, uh, and, and Mickey James, because she's from Richmond, Virginia, which is where I grew up. And so when she made her debut, I was like, huh. Ah. Um, and the Trish Stratus feud when she made her debut was amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, still one of the best. The problem for for me, you're right. First of all, Oscar was kind of the peak of of that. Um, side note: I predicted that she should win that match and beat Oscar, so Oscar just go to the main roster because Oscar running undefeated hurt the women's division more than it helped it at the time. But it's it's weird because Mickey James came back at a time where the women's division was going through its youth movement and. Every you know, when we were building the Becky Lynches and we were building the Charlotte Flares and Sasha Banks and Bailey's and Alexa Blisses, and there's only so much real estate that you can occupy. And I think Mickey, if her contract were to expire and and a WWE Legends deal paid less than she could make in say Impact Wrestling, and it probably doesn't, uh, she'd probably go back there for another run. But it's it's just I don't think it financially would make sense for her to do that. Um, 
And I could almost say it's been a little bit disappointing, but I've long said that she's a Hall of Famer and, and some people have disagreed with me. Um, but, but I do believe she is just because she's cemented her place in history. But it's been, mm-hmm. it's been an interesting return. I'm sure it's been great financially, but I think from a, a, a storytelling perspective and maybe a creative perspective on her end, not what she had envisioned, but, at the time, you know, it's, 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 she's still getting the paycheck and she's still probably influential backstage among some of the younger talent, but it hasn't been what we've talked about with some of the others. That's for sure. Um, hasn't sniffed a championship or anything like that, but, uh, you never know though. I mean, let's, since Mickey James has come back to the main roster, she's done just as much as say Natalia has. And she never left. So it's just, there's just only so much opportunity. There's still only two singles belts and then the tag titles for the women on the main roster, whereas you've got double that for the men. So there's just not as many opportunities and not as much airtime as, as bad as that is. Um, but she can also always be pulled out and use it at any time if they need her to and deliver. So it, it hasn't gone the way it should have, but I think for her at the stage of her career, it's probably okay. And, um, and, and just where she's at. So it's hard to, hard to argue either way. Yeah, it it is. But again, I mean, going back to some people who've had a pretty interesting uh, kind of career uh, pathway, but also a pretty good resurgence uh, over the past few months, three members of the Hurt Business. Uh, You have Shelton Benjamin, Bobby Lashley, and MVP all left the company at one point and all came back. And especially with Bobby Lashley and Shelton Benjamin, they had kind of a rough going when they initially came back. And once MVP brought them into the fold of the Hurt Business, this seems like this has been the best that all of them have had in their career in quite some time. Uh, Bobby Lashley left in 2008, um, and he also, I mean, he had a big role in the company, uh, WrestleMania worthy, uh, matches and, you know, took some time away again, someone else who went to impact wrestling and, and was able to build his career there and returned in 2018. Shelton Benjamin was released in 2010, spent some time in the independent circuit and ring of honor and came back in 2017 for this kind of new, uh, you know, uh, kind of, kind of tag teaming, uh, with, um, uh, oh, I, I keep wanting to say Shorty G and that is not his name. Chad Gable. Uh, with yeah. Gabe, yeah, with Chad Gable, uh, kind of doing this American alpha thing, but not, nah, it was very confusing. And then MVP who was released in 2010 and came back in 2018. Um, and he also had some, some time and impact and in other places. And, you know, I think too, I think especially with Shelton Benjamin, I remember when he came back, a lot of fans were thinking, why? What was the point of bringing him back? Uh, because he was very much of a mid card level when he left. Um, and also, you know, unfortunately, there's, there's just people out there who do have a sense of ageism that felt that maybe because of the fact that uh, he was in that mid card level, that he was too old to kind of come back into that. And, and, you know, did fans really see him? at a level um, above where he was at before. Now, Bobby Lashley, I think there was a lot more hope and expectations based off of not only what he did in impact, but his MMA career and really constantly people thinking and talking about who could be someone that Brock Lesnar could face that is believable that could actually beat him. And Bobby Lashley's name got thrown left and right all over the place. 
But, you know, he was put in these kind of silly comedy angles with with Sami Zayn and then this whole Lana marriage angle. And thank God MVP swooped in and saved them all because the Hurt Business has been one of the most exciting and interesting must-watch factions that WWE has put together in such a long time, really. Um, And even though they have their moments and their slumps, you know, they uh, all together are such an interesting team and also just have the sense of, of professionalism and style um, and experience, too. I mean, the wealth of knowledge and experience that you have just within Bobby and Shelton and MVP, uh, being able to kind of be this mentor to a Cedric Alexander and who else can come into this fold. It's just uh, amazing. And I don't think especially looking at, say, Shelton, who's primarily been babyface for such a long time. Being in the role that he is in the Hurt Business makes him just feel very cool. And so this, I think, is another example of timing being important because even when they first came on back to WWE, they the timing wasn't quite there. And, and I don't know even, too, if the pandemic played a really big role in the reception that the Hurt Business has had. But again, I think with fans in a live audience setting, Sometimes we as fans in in a live event can ruin an angle quicker than the company can. And by allowing time for this to grow and time for this story to develop and this faction to develop, I think has really put all three of them in such a great place in in their career, but also um, on the roster. It, it is. I mean, we talked about it so many times. Like they were our team of the year, and and they did such an amazing job in yeah. 2020. And I mean, all credit goes to MVP, and and of course one of the three that left and came back, and was supposed to originally come back as a producer, and then ended up on television. And it's just amazing to look back. No one would have thought at the end of 2019 if you said that MVP was going to be what doing what he's doing. No, I wouldn't have believed you at all. I said you were crazy. And and Bobby Lashley like. I'm so glad this happened. I'm so glad this happened for all of them. But Bobby Lashley, like, I mean, he's he's the serious character that he needs to be. And this is the kind of the only shot he has at ever being a world champion in WWE. And I believe it could happen um, with the Hurt Business. For Shelton Benjamin, like, he's in the perfect role for him. He's never been a good talker, which I hear is a shame because apparently backstage he's hilarious and could cut a promo on anybody. But when that red light comes on, it just takes away his, his promo abilities. But he doesn't have to. And then Shelton, I, or not Shelton, Cedric, I always felt needed a group. And not that he's one that falls in the category of what we're talking about. Um, I thought it should be the New Day. I always thought he'd be a great member of the New Day. Um, a lot of people disagree with me just because, you know, you can't touch what they love. But Shelton, or, but Cedric has just blossomed in, in this role and I think can be, you know, um, as more, as much of a major player as he'll ever be able to be because of the hurt business. And it's all because three people were able to come back to WWE, like you were talking about and make the most of that opportunity. Shelton Benjamin is somebody that everyone thought back before he was released in 2010 should get a mega push and be a world champion. No one feels that way anymore, but at the same time, he has amassed one hell of a career and, and with the hurt business and, and the way that wrestling is now in WWE, he could do this for several more years and and still be successful. So I love it. I, I love what all these guys have been able to do when they're bounced back. 
Now, the last uh, two people I want to talk about on this subject um, is a little different. It's a team. Um, and since their ins and outs have gone into different directions, and that's the Hardy Boys, uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy. Um, they both had initial releases, came back, left again, and came back. And as we'll talk about, one left and one stayed. And that too, that that's an interesting dynamic to to play on because it does feel like this last run for Matt was the, the last one because now he is over an AEW. Um, but I think that it's been that whole career going back and forth has been very interesting because they also, you know, had different challenges individually uh, as to led to, you know, their releases um, but also in establishing their own identities. I mean, talking about Matt, he was uh, released in 2005 due to the the whole situation with Edge and Lita um, and, and speaking openly about that um, when he was released. Uh, apparently there was a, a big fan, you know, resurgence of support for him and the company brought him back shortly thereafter. Um, and he stayed with them until 2010 and then left um, and came back in 2017. Uh, somewhat of a similar timeline, Jeff Hardy was released in 2003 uh, due to very different reasons, uh, more personal related, and then returned in 2006. And then he was released again in 2009 and then returned with Matt in 2017. Now, during that time too, especially, you know, um, Prior to that, 2015, 2016, um, that was when the Hardys were doing some of this, you know, cinematic movie magic uh, uh, as, uh, you know, the Matt in, in kind of all his character iterations that he was able to do with Impact Wrestling. I mean, that truly was a, a game changer for him is that time apart from Jeff where he got to really work on his own identity as a wrestler and even Jeff got to do that. Um, but I think Matt soared in that because he was able to play around with, you know, big money, Matt versus, um, uh, you know, his, his other characters. I don't know why it's, it's slipping my mind. It's late. Um, I mean, broken Matt, of course, like broken Matt. Yes. Yes. Uh, broken Matt Hardy. And then of course, adding Jeff as, as brother Nero, that whole thing. I mean, really, not only just changed their careers, but I think solidified Matt as someone who is really adaptable and, and amazingly creative. Um, and again, I think also did amazing things for, for impact as, you know, being a, a company to take chances and do things that were internet viral. And I think that also led the front too for cinematic matches and internet content that, um, I think other companies have adopted since then. And that led to, you know, WWE picking them back up in 2017. I mean, when they came back at WrestleMania to challenge for the tag team championships, I mean, that is something that's unheard of to have anyone re-debut at WrestleMania, but to do that in WWE, I mean, and for them, the history that they had there absolutely made sense. Now, it's gone two different paths. I mean, you had broken Matt Hardy, which you, they, they changed the character to Woken. You had that tag team pairing with Matt and Jeff, but ultimately they broke up. Some of that too was Jeff was, had an injury. Um, Matt teamed with Bray Wyatt and had the deleter of worlds, which, you know, was a fun team, but you cannot 
quite get the same magic that you had with broken Matt Hardy. Like just the WWE version of it was never going to, to work in the same ways because WWE seemingly always wanted to make it their own. Um, and it was very hard to, to duplicate. And so when, when Matt left though, Jeff was able to step back in and do a lot. I mean, things reminiscent of what he did um, in the late two thousands in his singles run um, and, and had some great matches too. So I think, whereas Jeff is pretty steady and consistent now, Matt has gone in a whole different direction and it seems like for good, seems like this is the, the kind of the permanent separation uh, of the Hardy boys in the WWE sense um, and it also is an example of how a return can work well for one person and maybe not so well for another. I think that Matt Hardy, I, I, I'm trying to put it into words, the right words, as you were talking, is a victim of his own post WWE success. And because what, what a lot of people were able to do post WWE a lot of it had to do with their WWE run. Like, you know, and a lot of it's that whole misuse thing or, or you know, for in Drew McIntyre's case, it's like seeing that true potential and, and, and all that. And Jinder didn't really have a post run, but just came back and, and, you know, and, and, and MVP did and, and a lot of, you know, impact wrestling as well, especially with Bobby Lashley. But like Matt Hardy, like Jeff Hardy was a world champion in WWE before getting released and multiple times. And, and but Matt Hardy wasn't. He, he was the other member of the Hardy Boys, and he got caught up in the Edge and Lita love triangle. And then he went to Ring of Honor, which I was at that show, and it was you know very bitter. And 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 so when Matt went back, he wanted to be the Matt who he was after his run. Most people go back, and they're the person they were when they were in WWE. And I just don't think Matt could handle it. Big Money Matt was never going to work in WWE. No, broken I mean, Matt could have worked character. in WWE, yeah. but it just didn't, and I'm not sure why. Um, because you, broken Matt, okay, broken Matt would have worked better in this in in the COVID era in WWE. Had mm. had he been around during the pandemic, I think broken Matt would have had a much better career than he's than he had in WWE, simply because of of what they would have needed him to do. So you know. I wanted to share these examples because, you know, one, when people are released, you know, that featured endeavor terminology, those articles, yes, as, as fans, it sucks. Um, but it's also a sign that in, in wrestling, especially, you can never say never. There's always a possibility of people coming back into the fold. And it really does rely on things like time and opportunity and fit and, you know, what, what, what's of course financially in it from them, but also, you know, what, what is going to be different about this next run. And we've seen things like from gender and drew where they were really able to make and, and establish themselves elsewhere and bring that back in into something really revolutionary for their careers. Um, people like, you know, Mickey James who have left and, and helped establish, uh, you know, divisions in other places and kind of having a mixed bag with their success. Um, and then, you know, with Shelton Benjamin and MVP uh, and, and Bobby Lashley, you know, having that initial start coming back be a little bit rough, but the work that they do now is all a testament to to time and finding the right people and the right fits and also just things like COVID happening 
being able to to let storylines grow and let things develop with time to a point where fans then really appreciate what what's trying to happen. So, um, now in a, in a roundabout way in life, sometimes we do come back to things, and sometimes we leave things, and it's right for us at that moment. And but it revisiting something, coming back to something you know, isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes we have to learn and have experiences and grow and mature, whatever it is, in order to come back to something at a different time. And these are all, I think, really great examples of that in the WWE. Well, with that, Greg, we got uh, some bills to pay. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Masked Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. So for tonight's second topic, and technically final topic, because we only do two, uh, I'm going to be covering some news that was announced earlier this week, and that is uh, musician Bad Bunny being announced to perform at the Royal Rumble this Sunday. Uh, And, you know, seeing a lot of mixed reactions from fans um, on, on this is... You know, some fans being excited that Bad Bunny will be performing. Many people either not knowing who he is or uh, not pleased. And I think that's because in wrestling, and this is just my perception, is that we have a level of wanting it to be understood and respected like other sports like football and basketball and, and, you know, hockey and baseball. However, still keeping it close to the chest. And when an outsider comes into wrestling is, I think we're very skeptical about what are your intentions coming into wrestling? What do you want to do with this? And it's more seemingly odd to have that reaction in WWE because of the fact that literally entertainment is in their title. Um, Also big news this week is that, you know, WWE finalized an agreement with NBC um, to, have pretty much the WWE network become part of uh, uh, NBC's Peacock uh, app, which is their streaming service for all things, you know, universal and NBC. And so I think that was a double whammy of fans feeling sports entertained. Uh, But I wanted to take a moment to kind of talk and and share some information about bad bunny because I think there's a misunderstanding about who Bad Bunny is and why he is performing and really, you know, what his relationship with pro wrestling is, because I totally understand when you have a celebrity coming into the WWE um, and we all 
lived through that era of the, you know, the special guest uh, general manager where literally it was just a new celebrity every, you know, week coming in and, and a lot of it feeling that they didn't understand the product. They didn't understand wrestling fans and it was just a way to kind of shove celebrities down our throat. However, Bad Bunny, I think, is a completely different case um, because he is, uh, of course, a rapper, a Latino rapper focusing on, on reggaeton and what they call Latin trap music, which I'm not quite sure. You could tell my age as I say that hesitantly because I'm not quite sure what that term means. However, he is a wrestling fan and especially a wrestling fan of the 90s and 2000s. And so I don't know if very many people know that, but I'm going to give some context to that in a second about his fandom and his uh, he truly has an appreciation for wrestling. And so I feel like Bad Bunny culturally is a great fit for the WWE entertainment wise, but also someone who knows and likes wrestling performing at uh, an event like the Royal Rumble is a good thing for WWE. It's a great thing for fans. It's a great thing for the company. And and I'll go into it in a second. So Bad Bunny. Now, this is going to make me feel old as well. So Bad Bunny uh, actually was born in 1994. Anyone who's born in the 90s freaks me out. Let's just put that in there. Um, but yes, he, he's a Latino artist focusing on reggaeton, uh, Puerto Rican, which, of course, this is also why I'm talking about this, because I'm not going to let my you know, fellow Puerto Rican get, you know, hanged up like this, like I'm going to defend him um, in there. But also I think because to he's younger and a newer artist, I think that there is also kind of a generation and age gap with fans. Many wrestling fans that we've noted are older, uh, especially those who have been um, fans for quite some time are in their thirties, forties, fifties, so on and so forth. And so it's very easy for someone who's a new artist like this in a different language to kind of fly over the radars of a lot of traditional wrestling fans. So that part makes sense. Um, And again, this is WWE entertainment. WWE has been making lots of strides over many, many years to really start integrating and embed themselves with other entertainment entities and elements, whether it's reality TV, whether it's special hosts, whether, you know, it's uh, through social media, whatever it is, um, just know that, you know, this, this is not a new overture. Um, but one of the main reasons why Daddy, I don't know, Daddy Yankee, I was going to say another artist, but it's not him. Uh, the One of the reasons why Bad Bunny is specifically coming to perform at the Royal Rumble is a big hit that he has right now. Um, his newest song that he released. Um, and uh, it's titled Booker T. Like that, that is his song. And it's a song that he's dedicated to one of his favorite wrestlers, Booker T. Um, And in the video that now that has about 4 million hits on YouTube, none other than Booker T is featured in there. And I keep saying that because it's a huge accomplishment. I mean, when we think about any kind of crossover in pop culture and pro wrestling, I mean, we don't get it very often. We've seen it grow a lot over, you know, the past few decades with Hulk Hogan, with The Rock, with John Cena, with Ric Flair. Um, 
but you know, kind of in, in bits and pieces, but bad bunny is really one of the major recording artists who openly talks about his fandom of pro wrestling, who's openly incorporated wrestlers into his lyrics and who has openly had them in his music videos starting all the way from, I believe, 2017, Campiona, um, he featured Ric Flair in his intro. And throughout the music video, he has the World Heavyweight Championship with him um, as, as kind of his title. He featured Stone Cold in one of his videos uh, just about last year as, as well. And in his lyrics, has name-dropped Ric Flair, Undertaker, Eddie Guerrero, Stone Cold, Triple H, Sabio Vega, which you just have to do. If you're a Puerto Rican and you're an artist and you're a wrestling fan, it's pretty much mandatory that you name drop Sabio Vega because that's just that's just what you have to do. Um, but, uh, you know, that that's part of his lyrics, which, again, I can understand for fans uh, who may not be familiar with it because it's all in Spanish and, and it is a little mumble. I, I kind of also do sit like think of it as like mumble-ish kind of reggaeton type. So just like there is a mumble rap, I also believe there's mumble reggaeton. Um, but in also his fashion um, has has old school Stone Cold shirts and Undertaker shirts, Sting shirts, all of that. Um, so those are things that you kind of openly have seen from his work. Um, but he also kind of incorporates that in his style and in his in his look, um, which again that can kind of go to the argument of you know, wrestling is an art form or not. But last year, Bad Bunny had an interview with Rolling Stone and he talked about his style and it being very different because it was a little bit more um, leaning towards androgyny as far as, you know, not having clear gender lines. Um, as far as his influence, he did say that um, part of his his persona and part of what his artistry revolved around it and what he pulled uh, inspiration from was professional wrestling. Um, he quotes in the interview, each wrestler has their way of being and it's respected. They have long hair, they can paint their faces, but they're strong and powerful beings. And so this understanding of, of characters in wrestling and how that's kind of contributed to this ability and idea of him being able to, you know, think outside of the box when it comes to his music and the way that he presents himself. Um, but he has, uh, to me, it seems like a, just an understanding and admiration of wrestlers. Now, he also has kind of a typical wrestling fan trait is his own belts. Like uh, he has his own championship belts. I mentioned in one of his videos, he did have the WCW World Heavyweight Championship belt. In an interview he did with GQ back in March of 2019, he showed off his uh, WWF championship belt is the eagle belt the old school kind of 90s belt um and he mentions he has multiple championship belts and that he wears those when he does performances and especially big performances because for him it's this feeling of you know um of 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 confidence uh of charisma of knowing when you have a belt on you're the shit and that's something that we've seen in wrestling for as long as it's existed when you are the champ with the belt as Greg pulls the IZW World Heavyweight Championship belt out, 
You know, it's a sign of respect. It's a sign of reaching a level. It's a sign of, you know, being the shit. So um, he he does that in his own life with his his own belts that he owns. Um, and so those are all just little tidbits and pieces of information about Bad Bunny and his relationship with pro wrestling and why I just think it's important to share that with fans because at the end of the day, he's probably closer to us than he is to, you know, say like a Jeremy Piven or Kim Kardashian or whoever else you've seen on TV that you felt like was just there for the airtime. He is someone that has a reverence and respect for pro wrestling. And again, we've seen people who, you know, David Arquette put a whole documentary together about, you know, how much he respected pro wrestling and how his whole stint in WCW changed his career, where to him, he stopped getting roles in Hollywood because of his association with with wrestling and wrestling fans didn't respect him because he took one of the biggest titles in all of sports entertainment or all of pro wrestling and, and felt like he used it as a prop. I feel like in wrestling, sometimes we create our own walls and our own barriers and, and try and do it to say that we're protecting our fan base. We're trying to protect the integrity of, of wrestling. But is that true? Are we not giving new people the chance to come into this to, to this world that is pro wrestling and enjoy it? Or are we building up these walls and doors and defining how other people should enjoy wrestling? I don't feel like that's our call. We individually can define what makes us want to watch wrestling and be wrestling fans, but I don't think we should dictate that for other people. And, you know, having a celebrity who does, who is a wrestling fan and can represent it, you know, is a big thing because it kind of makes it, you know, harder to ostracize it and, and harder to, uh, you know, make fun of it and poke on it when you have someone like, you know, Bad Bunny who's grown up watching it, especially he's stuck in the 90s and 2000s. Like in that same GQ uh, interview he did in 2019, they asked him who were his favorite wrestlers. And he name drops a lot of people he put in his lyrics, Undertaker, Stone Cold, Ric Flair, Triple H. So he also isn't seemingly a big fan of today's product, which, if anything, is very much of what a real wrestling fan is. I don't know any wrestling fans right now who likes WWE's product today. We all go back to the 2000s and the 90s and and reminisce of how great it was. But these, you know, to me, that that sounds like maybe he's not doesn't hate it, but doesn't definitely watch it. So if anything, that is much more reflective of a, of a wrestling fan uh, than anything else. But um, to me, it felt like the reception could be multiple things, whether, again, it's an age difference of wrestling fans, older wrestling fans, just not knowing who he is because there is a big age difference and music difference, a language difference, because, again, he is a, a Spanish speaking artist and his, his work is in Spanish. Um, So if you don't know it, and it's also Puerto Rican compared to other types of Latin music. Um, But could it also be a layer of protectiveness and saying it's being protective of of the business and, and, and of fandom, but ultimately building up these walls so that no one else can be a part of it because it's ours. But ultimately, that doesn't allow new fans to come in. It doesn't allow this to grow and thrive for years to come in the ways that we need to, because if we, you know, the wrestling business doesn't get any new fans, then it will never grow and thrive and it will just 
slowly die. So we have to support these types of opportunities to have it mainstream so that new kids and new adults and new families could get invested in it. I've kind of, that's my soapbox talk about it as Greg's doing multiple things. I'm curious of your thoughts, Greg, because I'm sure some of this information is pretty new to you about Bad Bunny. I know that overall you're very open and understanding of how WWE operates um, as as a company and why they bring in these types of, of stars for it. But also kind of what is your perception of Bad Bunny and and what are your thoughts, too, on maybe this fandom, too, that either don't know him or maybe are reluctant to, you know, uh, to, to have him as part of the Royal Rumble as it's, far as, speak, you know, performing, not even being in the Royal right. Rumble. Hopefully he's not. Um, but uh, I'll get to that in a second. Um, I knew more of Bad Bunny than I think people would think I did. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't like who, like some other people were. I can't add to all the stuff that you said. Like, it's all so on point. Well, no, because I just taught you. I taught you. I taught them. That's right. I you educated everyone. the children, including myself. Um, and, and I really hope people got a lot out of that because I know I did. Um, but here's the thing that I want people to understand. Um, actually, let me back up. I do want to add a little story to, to kind of show what you were talking about. We have a Facebook group, right? For the chair shot and, and, and people drop news stuff in there since we're not really a news heavy website. And that was in there, right? The, the announcement that Bad Bunny was going to be performing at the Royal Rumble. And there was a lot of who and a lot of this and that. And, and then, uh, one of our members put in all these facts about him and, and how he was the number one streaming artist on Spotify in 2020. And, and, and somebody else. Then chimes in and was like, well, you know, I checked the billboard 100 and he only had this and this. And I work at a, a electronic store and no one has asked me if we have the Bad Bunny CD. And so that tells me he's not really that big of a deal. And I'm like, no, that tells me you couldn't be more out of touch with the world. If you are yeah. judging whether or not Bad Bunny is a big star on if anyone who's asked you in your electronic section if you have the CD for Bad Bunny and if you're looking at the billboard charts and not something like yeah. Spotify and you're looking at something based on album sales and not based on fully based on streaming like streaming is still a part of the billboard rankings but Spotify is honestly if you're talking about current way better yeah. indication of some iTunes level of you fame know Spotify and, and, any kind of streaming and it's just and and it was just so funny and and then to have someone jump in and be like actually here are other and what's really funny is that um they were like you know so the billboard charts tell me he's this but if you go to the billboard hot 200 he was actually number one for 2020 so guess what the billboard charts actually did tell you he's a big star that person was just using them wrong it's kind of like the ratings that people like to use but it's further drives the point home as well that that wrestling fans are guilty of that that i i will just you know it sounds egotistical whatever i'm not they they look at wrestling through their own like what, what is this product doing for me and i use this phrase over and over again when it comes to wwe those of you who are likely listening to this podcast and those of you who are likely chatting about it on social media that's the other thing i said i scoured the message boards and no one was talking about bad bunny well First of all, who's on message no boards one, anymore? No one's um, on message exactly. boards. Okay, this makes me feel a lot younger. Good. So this conversation helps because Good. I feel a lot but less older as these things are being said. So here's the thing. And so do I. That's the crazy part. Like I'm with these folks, but I'm just like, dude, I don't even like I've evolved and you guys haven't. Um, 
when you're watching Raw and you're watching SmackDown and you're an internet wrestling fan and, and you're part of that demographic, guess what? This isn't for us. This, 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 these shows aren't for us. They have us. We're hooked. And, and, and someone like Bad Bunny is there to bring in the people they don't have, is there to connect the WWE product with the younger fan that maybe the in-ring product doesn't. And Derek talked about it on, on the Babyface Seal podcast, filling in for Patrick. He's shocked we're seeing as much wrestling as we are right now, given the fact that we're not in front of a live physical crowd. They figured there'd be more outside elements that are taking place in the WWE product right now than even what we see. This is done for the growth of the business itself, the growth of WWE's business. They don't care about us because very few of us will leave and most of us will come back and more of us will threaten to leave, but never actually will. They care about bringing in the fans they don't already have and bringing in some other, you know, hard rock group or whatever is not going to bring in new fans. Bad Bunny is going to bring in new fans and we need to, again, know what you're watching. And if you don't like it, if it's not for you, go watch something else because there's stuff out there that is for you. And that stuff would never have Bad Bunny on it. And and that's fine. That's what, that's the great thing about wrestling. There's so much more. But everyone doesn't want to find a product that suits them. They just want to change the WWE to suit them. We talked about it for years, even the whole time. You know, back in the Kenny Omega days, right, when he was going to come to WWE, that big conversation was they, they didn't want to find New Japan. They just wanted to watch WWE. And and this Bad Bunny thing is an example of it. Like, why... Why, why are we trying to shoehorn the product into what we want it to be? Because if, if they appeased us, they would die off and go away and we wouldn't have anything to watch. So be happy with what they're doing and, and embrace that new, those new fans to come in. Otherwise, you know, they never will. Thankfully, those new fans aren't on the message boards or in the record store. So you can't scare them away. So that's good. Um, cause I'd like the business to continue to grow since I'm a part of it, but that reaction just really shocks me. Here's the other thing. I want to, you know, and and my part of this conversation is something more fun. I would say that makes me 75% sure Booker T is going to be in the Royal Rumble. Oh. And I would love to I see I mean, it. he literally jit has his own song with that. And I'm not mad at that either. No. Right? Let him. No, you know, you always world. have to have one of those big kind of legends make an appearance. Um, and I think that would be a, a fun way of doing it. Exactly. Like, why not have Bad Bunny play the Booker T song? And then here comes Booker T, number one in the men's Royal Rumble match. They've had, you know, what was it? Jeff Jarrett was number two at the Royal Rumble in 2019. And Kroninger was yeah, number four. Yeah, A legend can come <laughs> out and be. It. I was going to say, uh, with Elias. And uh-huh. then who's number two? Elias. Yes, yes. Well, Jarrett you know, was number. They can kind of. Well, yeah, oh, you're talking about Elias is always yeah, one or two yeah. so he can do his shtick. But it's, it's yeah, it just totally. Um, I would love to see this lead to Booker T being in the Royal Rumble match one more time because it's Booker T. And and I mean, I actually played it during the first show. Like Booker T's just just Booker T's just fun. Don't do it like that, baby. So there you go. A little lesson on who Bad Bunny is and why he is a good thing for the WWE and a good thing for the Royal Rumble. So if you need any music recommendations, you know, feel free to reach out to myself and Greg, uh, cause we can provide some streaming uh, recommendations for you. No, I mean, if you still have CDs, that's, that's still totally fine. Uh, but just know that, uh, yeah, I, I doubt if you're listening to this podcast that you have any trouble finding streaming. Uh, I know, right. Services. Like, put, put down the newspaper and play your CD. 
I do like pop, pop that DVD in and then um, go log on to your message board. Yes, you have your MP3 player as well. Your, your <laughs> yes, your iPad. Your Zune. Oh, Break out the Zune. And, your uh, Zune, yes. Out. I had an iPod mini. It was adorable. I loved it. But it also was one where you could watch a movie on it. I don't know how the hell I ever thought I could watch a movie on an iPad mini. Don't and now we could do everything and on our now, phones. Yes, we could do everything on the right right here from our phone. So yep. uh, that that does it for another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Uh, again, if you want some music re- recommendations from us, make sure to follow us on social media. Uh, me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. Greg, you can follow him at Chairshot Greg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can follow the Chairshot at Chairshot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, don't forget, while you're streaming, go ahead and stream this podcast and others from the Chairshot Radio Network. Of course, you can do that through your favorite podcast platform, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Podbay, uh, you know, all of those, I'm pretty sure. iHeartRadio, um, you can stream this we've podcast. Helped. And you you can subscribe, rate, and review. So make sure you could you subscribe so that way you get notifications on new episodes of this podcast and others from the Chairshot Radio Network. You can leave a five-star rating and also leave a review. Let us know what you think of this show. Feel free to give ideas on future topics or just your feedback on things that we've talked about on this show. And of course, make sure you check out thechairshot.com, your source for wrestling news, analysis, and opinions. Hang on, I'm scrolling. There it is. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Well, we'll be back next week. We'll do it again. Thank you so much for listening uh, to the Hashtag Miranda Show. For Greg DeMarco, I'm Miranda Morales. And don't forget to keep it soft style. Los pongo a bailar la pelúa, el que no baile que lo despelucan. Hijo de puta, no me cuquen, lean los números pa' que se eduquen. Yo no hago canciones, hago himnos pa' que no caducan. En este género yo fui un jaducan. Ey, y se extinguieron como los dinosaurios. Antes que me apague, se apaga el sol. Subimos y rompimos el ascensor. El prepa que les tiro.